0: so a lot of times we don't get business requirements we get already spec'd to a certain degree technical because somebody has has interpreted some set of business requirements and have already picked product design and process, and procedure, and are handing it to us. How have
1: you enabled your infrastructure? Fundamental change over the last five years and partnering with the business is critical. The Tools exist on the cloud. Change at the rate necessary. Secure by design. Network Disrupted. Hey, it's Andrew, and welcome to Network Disrupted, where IT leaders talk about navigating the disruption in our industry. In this episode, we explore how a leader in healthcare IT approaches requirement settings. My guest today is John Macy, a director at Cerner who works across the business's functions to create technology architectures for the entire organization. Coming up on 15 years with Cerner, John started in the infrastructure space as a technician and moved his way across and up the technology stack. Today he's a problem solver for the entire company. He has developed some really wise opinions on requirement setting as a result. He's also somebody I've worked with for quite some time and and I appreciate both as a customer and a friend. Let me know what you thought of this episode. You can tweet me at Network Disrupted, leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or email me at andrew at networkdisrupted.com. Now let's get into it. All right, John. So thank you for joining. Sure. This is something that I, I think I think all product people struggle with, right? Because you're yeah, the the customer has some sense of what the solution is, and so they're going to propose the solution and and leave out the context and leave out what they're actually trying to do, which from my perspective, it it makes it difficult to learn because what we really want to know is what, what customer's trying to accomplish. Um, And, and potentially there's a better way to do it. So, so when that happens, John, what do you do? Like, what's your, what's your process for trying to discover what that context requirements might be?
0: So, it, it is you know getting down to the point of understand that you've picked this or that you want to do this what was what was the drivers and literally writing it down right so that you can come back to it later we have instituted uh, uh some review processes at cerner um mm-hmm. and cerner's a, a we're we're a large organization we do both uh, development, we sell our own software, we sell other software, we host software. I mean, there's a, there's a very wide range. My experience says that what's good for the development organization isn't necessarily good for the infrastructure operations, at least not, you know, one for one. Right. There are things that they need to be able to do and, and have to be able to track and maintain, and then there are things that other groups need to be able to do. There is a convergence uh, there somewhere, but uh, we we are actively now spending a lot more time and rigor reviewing the base information and being able to express why we want to do what we want to do. So when we when we were examining container platforms, right? We uh, we spent quite a bit of time explaining why we need to do container platforms. Right. Um, and how, how we expect people to use it. And, uh, you know, it's part of, of really building into the culture of the paved road constructs that cloud computing is bringing to us and, and, and not just in a cloud computing context. So instead of flexing the technology all the time, which is horribly expensive at the end of the day, both people and time and capital. Instead of doing that, what we wanna do is we wanna create a baseline of functional capability and then see if the business can can take what their needs and requirements are and and use that uh, capability to its fullest, changing with the idea that we will need to change the capability. We're not saying that it's static. The only time we change the capability is when we have a good enough rationale, right, uh, to do that. Uh, so it it's an ongoing process. You don't yeah
1: one and done, right? It, it, it in some way, John, it sounds like you're you're describing um, building basically building your own business focused platform as a service, right? Um, you're, you're building you're building reusable services that should should provide. Components and building blocks for what they need.
0: Yes, and and it goes. It goes. You know, it's not where platform as a service has a connotation of you know very technology focused, etc. Right. I I expand that out to a larger concept. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really you know business as a service, if you will, and the fact underlying technology is really just that's a. It's an important detail, but it's really just a detail for for meeting the requirements. I, I'm i a technologist, but I've always had a foot in the business view in yeah. that it, I can build and design and, and operate the coolest technical stacks and, and functionality that the world has ever seen. But if my business can't sell it or make money at it, it's pretty much a fail.
1: Yeah, what's the point?
0: Right. Uh, other than being cool.
1: Right. One of the things we, we struggle with Um, and and I'm using the broad we here is how to balance the requirements of a single customer versus what's good for the market or the company or your strategy. We're building a strategy. This is where we want to invest, Um, you know, versus, um, you know, speaking to a bunch of customers and trying to get a bunch of general requirements and build something for them. You know, the, the, the when we, in, in, in the industry we're in, we oftentimes get the sort of requirements you get, meaning this is exactly what we want. And by the way, we're in an RFP purchasing process. So this is what we want, this is how it needs to work. Um and 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 you have to check yes or no, you know, and, and if you have a better way or different way to do something, you have to write no. And then in a comments field, oh, but by the way, you know, and it sounds like an excuse. And so oftentimes I find that process might be limiting, but but on the flip side, as we develop and build new things, you know, we spend time with customers. We we, we speak to experts in certain areas. Sometimes we speak to one person too much. Sometimes we speak to the wrong people. So it's, it's a process that we're always trying to get better and better. My point is, it's it's always a uh you know it's it's more than who you speak to there's always this negotiation we're going through internally on do we do this because critical customer wants it do we take capacity away from what's strategic in order to do this um how do we figure out the business value of this and should we be actually doing something i i'm assuming you go through a lot of that with the different businesses you serve inside of Cerner as well. Just that sort of, oh, uh, how do we do the trade-off? And I'm 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 curious your thoughts around that, or maybe a couple of examples. Yeah, so it happens. It
0: happens for us all up and down, everywhere, right? From our our clients that we serve. So, like I said, we build software, we build solutions, we host solutions. I, I mean, the whole gambit. So um, we we see we see all of that. And Cerner makes on a regular basis decisions to incorporate features and functions based on a, a client request. I think that the, the key to success in that space is making sure that you have appropriate engagement across your who you're serving. Right. And that, so that can occur at any level within the business, but whoever you're serving, you need to have adequate engagement so that a, they feel comfortable with, with engaging an idea that may not be fully formed yet with you so that there's a, a vision process, if you will, you see where your, your road may be leading and can start to extrapolate out on that. That's where you can also create value. So a single client's request uh, or demand, right? We get them both ways. Uh, Could actually generate a whole new line of business aspect for you, if you can take that concept and expand it out to the rest of your client base. Now, in the process of doing that, that easily could modify what that client was asking for and if you can adequately express the vision back to them, they may accept that as, hey, this is a better idea than what we pointedly or specifically asked you for. And that gets folded then into your strategy, into your long-term planning. But there will always be business uh, needs or requirements that are single customer-based, aren't necessarily matching what you currently have in your, in your storyline um and my answer to that is is if the business wants to make that decision to do that they should fully understand the fact that it doesn't fit the vision and we need to go back and change the vision and they should support that but it's not a no Um, right they they know but we shouldn't within the the technical design and implementation space
1: right right so is how much it costs it, it, for sure for sure so how does is there a formal engagement model with the business is there a formal way they engage with you is it are, are you sort of or do you actively try to spend more time with them like what does it actually look like
0: yeah so at the business level with our clients uh we have there's a formal process for for making those changes um then as it flows in inwards to the company, I would say that it probably gets less rigorous and less specific. Um, sometimes I get a you know a phone phone call or a request that comes in that we have a very short period of time to respond to uh, because nobody thought that they needed to inform us of what right. they were, where they wanted to go. Um, but I also have relationships that. Pretty much developed over my career at Cerner to uh, that allows those individuals out in those other areas to pick up the phone literally and call me and say, "Hey, we're thinking about doing X. Can you come over and walk through where we where we think this might go?" Um, and that's engagement very early on in the process. I would say right. the best success is being able to engage early. Yeah, uh, and 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 you know, with some frequency, regardless of where in that set of relationships you are. Uh, but it's not always going to work out that way. You shouldn't get bogged down in process and procedure as much as making sure that at the end of the day, the business is fulfilled. Um, you know, the paved road concept has a lot to do with a given vendor product solution or capabilities expression of their vision right and how how they believe things should work going into the future because to a certain if you can do that effectively then then business will start to align itself within that space because it is the path of least resistance um especially if it meets needs and and you know fulfills ultimately the business goal Um, right we call that at Cerner in the clinical space, we call that our model experience. And that's the idea where, if you've got the data to back it up, I can look at how clinicians behave and, and operate and the patient care that's getting delivered between two entities. And if, if I actually can do that across a thousand entities, I now have the ability to, to parse that data to understand which ones are doing what parts extremely well. And then you express that back to everybody and you start to bring all of the ships up, right? All of the ships floating yeah. together. Uh, that's, that's the optimum kind right. of way of addressing the, I got an RFP that says that I need this very pointed thing. Right. And the customer may not really truly understand that that's not really what they need. They need to solve this other problem. Right. And somebody has jumped to the conclusion that you making a change in yours will solve that
1: problem. Right, right, right. You, you, you know, it, it's um, I heard a couple of things in there, both, which I agree with. But one is, you, you, you know, part of this is personal, right? You develop a reputation for somebody who... Um, who understands what the business needs, somebody who's a good business partner, somebody who could meet their requirements, somebody who frankly can push back when, 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 when you should push back, right? You, You become a valuable resource. And I think part of winning is they're bringing you in early because they want you to be there early. They trust you. They trust your opinion. You've proven track record. And, and I think that that takes experience and it it takes it takes um it takes you know failures to become successful right oh yeah
0: yeah i I, I have a, a a laundry list of things that didn't make it hundred percent right. right and I don't know whoever said it but you know the perfect is the enemy of good uh, but there's a corollary to that right you should understand what perfect looks like and not necessarily have a high degree of disappointment
1: when you hit good right no for, okay. for sure yeah yeah th- th- that and that that um that uh you know the meeting the business requirements that there's 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 the functional non-functional size the sides of it too there's Cost. There's time. There's whatever the case, right? But when you're the, I like the example you gave around around the 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 data and measuring measuring the um the whatever success rate, whatever of, of whatever. Yeah, it's patient. Being, I mean, delivery yeah. of patient
0: care. The yeah. efficiency of the clinicians. percent well, I mean, goes but, into that. I glossed that over
1: really. No, for sure. But I guess I I heard that as an example of um, you know, okay there's not necessarily a business requirement for this what you're doing is taking your knowledge the data the systems you have and in this case you're 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 basically proposing a new solution to the business um, and this is how how innovation works right I mean if we're just constantly listening to requirements of somebody else and especially when it's it's a bunch of different people, then and, and not necessarily looking for the patterns between them and what solution, you know, that, that's, that's technology innovation, right? You're, 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 you're predicting what they might need, building something brand new, and now you're almost selling what you have. And I, th- I think, I think that for me, certainly it's what I get most excited about and, and there's nothing that excites me more than, I mean, we've got a, a research team here and, and sometimes they come in with this um, very, um, uh, you know, matter-of-fact attitude and uh, asked me if I got a couple minutes to want to show me something, and like 15 minutes later, my jaw's on the floor. Um, and these are things that there were no requirements for. We weren't thinking about. We didn't hear from our customers um, just you know, somebody who has seen a lot of data in this case or, or in the case you were talking about, thinking about better ways to do something or how we can extract more value from it we see it a lot with thing with everything from different ways to visualize the data or simulate different things or i don't know just a, you know what that specific screw, the rsc right that specific thing may never see the, the, the light of day with
0: any of your customers but you could use 99 percent of it to solve something else right uh right. because it existed and somebody could re-reenvision right the use cases and the functionality for it. Um, yes, that, that happens a lot. Um, but I would also characterize, you know, when you talk about innovation, innovation occurs from leaders. Innovation rarely occurs from followers. Right. So if, if you're leading, you are, you are committing to a vision and a strategy and have a, a high degree of understanding of what that means and when you do that and, and can express it that's the other key if you can't express it uh in terms that your that the people you're serving can consume it then you're going to have trouble you can be right and they won't go there so being able to express that in ways in which they can adequately consume it
1: is paramount. Yeah. So John, maybe, maybe with this, you know, I, give me some advice. So we've, we've worked with you. Uh, I've known you for about six years now, and we've really screwed a couple things up in terms of, of understanding requirements. And, and we've talked about it before, in some cases, listening only to you um, in some cases, not talking to you, you know, so give me some advice on how you'd like to see, uh, my team work with, with, with customers to understand requirements.
0: It, you you have to find the right individuals, right. Within those contexts to do that work. So, um, you know, a partnership, and it doesn't matter what relationship it is, business, personal, or anything else. But if you classify it as a partnership, there will always be uh, miscommunications or misfits or, you know, uh, divergent views within within the same context. Um, the ability to, 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 you know, take a step back and be accepting of that fact Um in in our relationship, I I look a lot further past my immediate needs. For example, um, and try you know I'm trying to look two three four years in advance of where I think things are going, um, and then I depend on you guys to have that lens into a broader grouping to help either tamp down my enthusiasm to go in a a certain direction or, or a a belief, but I have put the, you know, done the thought exercises and created my vision and my strategy. Um, And I, I depend on my partners to help me, uh, you know, flesh that out and to litmus test it across different areas. Um, So, it's an always evolving. Um, and I think parts of different organizations are very timid or very uh, afraid that if a, a customer isn't satisfied immediately in a given way, that you know that, that that's a bad thing. Um, don't get me wrong. I, as, as a customer, I want to be satisfied. But really, I want to be satisfied in the context of uh, knowing that I am doing the right thing for my organization and my company and that the partnership that we've developed supports that. Right. Um, and that includes, right, taking input or making corrections to my view within the space. I would say overwhelmingly, Andrew, our interactions the, between these two organizations, we have created much better outcomes for both Involved, and have probably pushed the bar with the capabilities of a lot of other customers in the IPAM DDI space. Right, uh, because we collaborated, and no, we didn't always see eye to eye or meet all expectations. But
1: that's that's part of the way it it goes, or it needs to. Yeah, that's, that's how it works. You know, and it's, 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 it's the reason we, uh, I enjoy working with you so much, John. I mean, you you want to have, look, not everything's going to work. Um, and, uh, and, and the, the, the key is, um, building that trusting relationship, like we were talking before, so that, so that, um, you know that that's the nature of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to do with technology especially if you're trying to push the boundary so we, we appreciate that relationship very much john i
0: appreciate it too we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to achieve all that we have achieved and our goals and aspirations I, w- I would point out to you that some of the architectures and the designs that we worked on together uh and and you know our the relationship between the companies preceded you Andrew. Yeah, right? I want to point that out. It, it's not just a six-year endeavor. It's more oh, like a, sure. oh, like a twelve-year endeavor. Yeah. Uh, but those designs that that we that Cerner developed, that that I worked on specifically, those have actually evolved into something that is now relevant to a larger population of your client base. Absolutely, the right? distributed model for for control and, uh, you know, zones of uh, fault zones, fault domains, all of those concepts, I guarantee you that that has translated across that and is specifically translating into the the cloud efforts that everybody is making today.
1: Yeah. Cloud efforts, yeah. Cloud efforts, absolutely. But cloud efforts and... And, uh, and data center design today, you know, designing around fault domains is, this isn't an uncommon conversation we have with customers today. It was years ago when we started talking to you. So oh, yeah, um,
0: yeah and, for And sure. we're, not, we're not alone. I know for a fact that, there, that you have, from cabs and everything else, that you guys have got multiple other clients that are are thinking in different stages and in different, slightly different ways, but they were on the same road. Yep. Um, that alignment of some of those concepts is now taking shape across the industry. I love yeah. that. Right? I, yeah. I like having a vision that is now something bigger than me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting.
0: That's huge. Yeah. That's why I get out of bed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm right there with you uh fantastic john um it, this has been this has been great i've really enjoyed talking to you um thank you for joining on a uh, network disrupted and um uh and i look forward to talking to you again soon
0: excellent and thank you andrew for the opportunity to, to have this discourse and i hope everybody finds it valuable fantastic